Hi, everybody. It's Kira from KiraWilliamsFitness.com, and today I have my longtime friend, Mariah, um, on. She is a KonMari consultant, um, and she is going to talk to us today about organizing our physical clutter, our physical space, um, mental clutter, and how it all relates back to health and fitness. So, Mariah, thank you so much for being on. Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us how you got started as a KonMari consultant. Yeah. Hi. Thank you. Um, so, my name's Mariah. I got started in KonMari uh, about four years ago. I had read her book, uh, Marie Kondo's book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, and I actually got it because my mom was downsizing from our family home, and I bought her a copy, and I got myself a copy, and it was so, so impactful for my mom's process in downsizing and letting go of things that she had inherited from her parents who had passed away, and and then I applied it to myself, and it was really transformative for me to let go of clothes that no longer fit. It helped my body image. It helped me really um, focus on my fitness and wellness in a new way. And I got to really let go of a lot of the mental um, frustrations around living in clutter. And then I went to do Marie Kondo's um, seminar in 2017 and became a consultant. And so now I use those skills to help others work this method in their own lives. And so actually, let's touch on this for just a quick moment, because not everybody is familiar with this, but you actually went through studying and training to actually become like an official consultant, correct? Yes. So Marie Kondo is a consultant out of Japan, and she's been doing this for several years. She applies different techniques like feng shui and uh, philosophies around the energetics of our things and how they create an emotional component, how our physical space is reflective of our lives. And she then created a method called KonMari. And that's all um, explained in her book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And then she has a second book called Spark Joy. And the premise is we keep things that bring joy into our lives now, and we create a life that's reflective of who we are today rather than living in the past or an attachment to the future. And so I went to um, do her training program and completed several training hours and submitted um, documentation of working with clients and was critiqued on um, those different reports uh, to become certified. So it's a really interesting program. Um, It was really enlightening and and showed a lot of different perspectives to tidying outside of this idea of just putting things in an organized way. So it has a lot of different um, components to it, more emotional and energetic um, that are really interesting. And so for those of you guys who don't know Mariah, um, she does have a history in yoga and fitness. Mariah and I actually met a really long time ago um, when she was at the University of Tampa, and I was I was working there. She was um, a student assistant, so we've known each other for a really long time. And I, you know, I guess I kind of take for granted, you know, Mariah's personality and how she is very, you know sensitive to like energy and is very like very self-aware and then also you know 
uses that awareness when she's working with other people. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your history with yoga and fitness and maybe a little bit how you feel like it was a natural role. Like it was just, it felt very natural for you to go into becoming a KonMari consultant. Sure. Um, so, and that's wild. I forget. I mean, we met at the University of Tampa how many years ago? It was like 2007? I think it was. Yeah, it was whatever, when you graduated from college. So right, whatever that year yeah. was. Um, so for yoga, I um, started my yoga practice about 10 years ago. It was after a car accident. And um, I was seeing a physical therapist, a massage therapist, and, and, you know, those were working to an extent, but I was in a lot of pain and I didn't feel like I was, you know, healing. I was in my early twenties and, um, couldn't do a lot of the things I had been able to do before. Even simple things like being able to brush my hair. I had so much pain in my upper back and neck. So my massage therapist had suggested yoga and that was before it was super trendy and all over the place. And, I found a studio and um, it was like coming home. It was just a really wonderful experience and learning how to stretch in, in different ways and meditate. And it just opened up this whole world of mindfulness um, that I, I wasn't really familiar with at that point. Um, and so I really gravitated towards that and started reading, you know, lots of books about yoga and meditation and um, mindfulness. And I had such a profound benefit from it, I, a couple years later, enrolled in yoga teacher training. And I completed that and began teaching and really enjoyed more of the alignment-based and meditative practices versus, like, the hot yoga and stuff, which I later dabbled in and taught. Um, and then with fitness, uh, I think you and I connected with Get In Shape Girl a couple years later, and that's when I started learning more about nutrition and that all started tying in and just kind of falling into place and creating these really great building blocks because when we're mindful about, you know, what we're eating and how fast or slow we eat, if we're eating when we're standing up or in front of the computer and then tie that into nutrition, you know, are we getting the right amounts of protein and carbs and what kind of carbs, it all became this. Um, great foundation and, and became a much deeper experience of fitness fused in with the yoga. And, and then it just like sort of progressed into my teachings were obviously teaching the physical components of yoga, but then we started, you know, teaching students more about how to bring more of this health, wellness, holistic lifestyle into their, their world. And Mari just fit really nicely into that because it took the principles that you learn in yoga on the mat and the principles of fitness into your home. And that's when it all really came together and, and why I get so excited about it. And so how do you really feel like being neat and, and tidy and organized plays a role in our health and fit and fitness? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, when we have things in order, you know, when we have our gym clothes packed and we have our containers to prep our food, everything becomes easier. We can support our, you know, nutrition journey. We can support our, our fitness when we have the tools 
readily accessible. And when our world becomes cluttered and um, you know things aren't as accessible, we're less likely, we're less motivated to stay consistent. And I think consistency is the key to success. A lot of us probably have gone through this experience of we'll be really motivated for two weeks or two months, and then we'll just kind of like fall off the wagon. And then we have to build up this momentum again. And it's really defeating and it creates these limiting beliefs that we, we're not going to be successful. And so I think when we really step back and assess our home and our environment and how we're taking care of our space and create that tidiness, we're ultimately creating a foundation so that we can stay consistent and aligned with our goals. Um, when your home is fresh and clean and stays that way, you know, it creates a lot, a lot of positive feelings. And when your home is more cluttered and dusty and out of sorts, it generally creates more negative energy and frustration, anxiety, um, you know, more melancholy feelings. So I think when we put a, a focus on designing and curating our homes to align with all those positive feelings that we want to create, then we're just going to keep building on that. And it's uh, going to be more supportive than, you know, the opposite than the clutter. One little thing that you actually taught me, um, just that I want to throw out there is something very simple. Like Mariah once has talked about if we're going to meal prep, a lot of people just, they dread meal prep because it, it takes a long time and, you know, it's, it's like a physical commitment that you have to make and it takes a, you know, a couple hours out of your day. Um, one of the things that I remember her talking about in our group is having containers that spark joy. So if all of your containers are completely disorganized and everything's mismatched and you find your container but you can't find the lid, how frustrating that feels. And so it just makes you not even want to meal prep, which, which plays a huge role, you know, in being organized and, like, you know, eating really healthy foods. And so it was something that I found to be incredibly insightful and something that I had never really thought about before, but it absolutely makes sense. So think about how, where else that's happening in your life. You know, if you're, if you constantly are going into your drawers to grab, you know, an outfit to work out, but nothing fits right. And you have to dig and dig to find something that, you know, fits you well, then how apt are you going to be to actually want to put on workout clothes and go work out? Yeah, exactly. And the KonMari method, something that Marie Kondo speaks about, is this idea of sparking joy. So when you pick up, um, you know, a piece of clothing that feels really good, the fabric is, you know, soft, the color is really vibrant for your color. Um, when it fits well, you just put it on and you feel good. That's a joy spark. And that's the concept that you want to carry into tidying your home, that all of these items you're, you're keeping that you're choosing to surround yourself with spark joy. Now, of course, some things might not spark as much joy like your toothpaste, but you can find joy in it because it keeps you from getting cavities. And, you know, may, maybe you want to assess, do I even like the taste of this toothpaste? Switch it up for something that you enjoy more. But basically, this idea of 
things that spark joy are going to create this positive energy for you. So like when you go into the kitchen and your containers are in order, you're going to enjoy meal prepping more. Same thing applies for the plates that you eat on. You know, if you're, it's more of a subconscious thing and maybe it starts with just this idea and bringing awareness to it, but you know, start to, to take note when you go to get a dish and put your food on it. Is it aesthetically appealing? Um, when you go to get your gym clothes out of a drawer, is the drawer disheveled or are the clothes in order? Because your eye is going to take that information in and your subconscious is going to have a feeling about it. You know, when you go to get your gym shoes out of the closet, if that whole closet is a mess and you have to go every day into that closet that's creating this underlying feeling of agitation, are you really going to be excited to grab those shoes? Um, or like makeup, if you want to feel really good and, and confident and get dressed for the day, if your makeup drawer is an absolute mess and you're you know, digging through to find what you need every single morning, it's not going to be as joyful as if you just took the time to clean all of those items, organize them in a really beautiful way, you know, get a nice container so that they're all situated and have a home. And then every morning you're going to have more excitement around that experience. So it applies to lots of different things in your life, your gym clothes, meal prepping, you know, getting dressed for the day, anything you really want to look at, it applies. So, um, Mariah actually works with my commit to fit group of women, um, which is we're so, so, so lucky to have her in that group. Um, but she does work with women on organizing their physical spaces while they're also on their fitness journey. Um, so, Mariah, have you ever seen parallels that kind of further prove that health and fitness go hand in hand with decluttering and organizing? Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, Kira and I, one thing we've noticed is progress pictures. Um, sometimes we'll see progress pictures where the mirror is dirty and the background has clothes all over the bed. And um, those progress pictures are typically linked with a check-in that might not be the most um, successful, where we're, we're seeing more frustrations or, um, you know, not as much commitment to workouts or nutrition. And so as I work with um, women and they start to assess where there's clutter, where there's, um, you know, some, some habits that are keeping them in, in clutter and in that kind of frustration, as those things start to clear up, there's a direct correlation with, you know, a more commitment to their nutrition, to enjoying their workouts more. I think one thing that we see instantly is when we start with clothing, and gals will clear out all the workout clothes that just don't feel good. Like if they're putting on clothes that are really tight in the waistband and they swap that out for, you know, they go to Target or TJ Maxx and they get just one or two outfits that feel good and fit great, they're instantly more excited about their workouts. And you see that with their check-ins. You see that with um, their excitement to continue with their workouts. And, and that's really exciting. Um, I think for women, too, we tend to take on the bulk of responsibility in a household and shoulder that burden of keeping track of everybody. And we tend to not give ourselves 
the time and care that we need. So when I work with clients and they start to address these areas of clutter in their lives, they start to prioritize themselves in a new way. And that coincides with their time that they carve out for their fitness and meditation and meal prepping. So for someone who wants to get started, um, what would be your first suggestion on beginning a journey of decluttering and organizing? So first and foremost, I think it's essential to visualize the way you want your home to look and feel and get very specific about what you want your home to look like when you finish your tidying festival. Um, So you can write that down. You could Pinterest some different images, but get really clear. Like, do you want to have, you know, a bohemian look? Do you want to have a more modern minimalist look? What kind of smells do you want to have? Do you want to have a diffuser with lavender? Like be really, really intentional and, and create that design first. So that as you're tidying, you can go back to that image and make sure that you're aligned with that look and feel. And then when you decide to start your tidying um, process, and I call it a tidying festival, because this is meant to be fun and exciting. You're you know, deciding to tidy your life up thoroughly and completely once and for all so you don't revert back to clutter. When you decide to start, Go one category at a time. And that's, I think, the most important thing to remember on your tidying journey is we're doing this by category, not by room, and doing it thoroughly and completely, then creating your storage so that you don't revert back to clutter. So by category, what do you mean there? Right. So category would look like clothing, doing all your clothing, all the seasons, start to finish. Um, And clothing is a really big category. So you could group that then into subcategories. So all of your work blouses, tank tops, workout gear, um, jeans, slacks, skirts. So you would go, you would complete the category of clothing before you move on to the next category to start purging uh, like books. So then you would go through all of the rooms in the entire house, get all of the books, bring them together, see your volume, sort out what you want to keep and what you don't, and then move on to the next category. So you can create a list. There's lots of lists online as well under KonMari method. And that might sound extreme to do a category in bulk like that, but there's lots of different reasons behind it. One of them is to see the volume of stuff that you have. Because uh, a lot of times we end up having a little bit of stuff all over the house and a little bit of stuff in the attic and a little bit of stuff in the garage. And if you try to tidy room by room, you might not even realize that you have, have duplicates of things or, um, you know, you might forget that you have certain items in different rooms. So by bringing it all together, you get to see the volume and you get to compare items to see what's worn out, what's worth keeping. And I think it's the most effective way to really deeply tidy your life rather than just kind of superficially going through and tidying what you see on the surface level. Um, It's more of getting to the root of the clutter. And then once you've completely decluttered that category, you move on to the next one. 
once all your categories are done, then you focus on storage and you might find that you have storage items in the process of tidying. So rather than starting in a category and buying a bunch of storage stuff, just wait until the very end and you might have created new spaces to store items. You may have found new items to use for organizing and it just works really well that way. Interesting. So what happens if somebody says, okay, you know what, like I'm going to dive in, I want to do this, but they have roommates or family members that live with them that aren't supportive of this. What do you suggest? That's a great question. And it comes up pretty much every time I work with a client that is part of a household. Um, And my best advice is focus on yourself. And that's so true to life as well. Like we can really easily go into other people's lanes and focus on them when really we just need to stay in our own lane and stay true to our process. So I would say first start with the categories that only apply to you, your clothing, your books, your paperwork, um, your beauty items in the bathroom. um, And then sentimental is always left to the very end. So just a tip, if you find sentimental clothing items, put those aside to the very end so you address all sentimental at once. And once you complete your process thoroughly and completely and you're maintaining it, then you could have a conversation with roommates or family members and address shared spaces. So living room, dining room, kitchen, those are all communal spaces and Ultimately, the goal of tidying in this manner is to create a more positive and happy space. And so I think that's a conversation to have to get family members on board and just be very honest about why you're wanting to do this process so that you know it's easier to maintain the house order so that you're not overwhelmed with chores on the weekends so that you can free up time to spend together as a family You know, this could be a way to reduce arguments if that's a problem, uh, which oftentimes it is with people just putting their things all over the countertops and just creating more order. Um, But I would first start with yourself and then look at shared spaces. And it's likely that as you move through your process, family members and roommates are going to do it themselves organically because they're going to see all of the positive shifts that you're making and the impact that it's going to have. Now, what, let's say somebody has totally, they've done their tidying festival and they have their entire home, their car, their office, they've got everything in order. Um, how can someone keep order in those physical spaces after the mass overhaul has been done? Yeah, so if you have thoroughly and completely tidied and you've been really honest, like you have let go of the things that you don't really value anymore. The idea is you're going to have a sense of pride and ownership and respect for the items that you keep. And you're going to have created a a system for storage. So every item is going to have a home. So it's going to be very easy to put things away. So rather than having to, you know, organize, now you're in a state of just tidying up. So it should be a very quick process. And to maintain that, it's really a matter of creating habits. So I like to practice a um, concept of 
I call it staging. So when I leave my bedroom in the morning, I make the bed, I put any little items on the nightstand, like my earrings or hair ties, I put them away um, so that the room is ready when I come back to it later on. So it's really an idea of not delaying your decisions. And that's just a habit that forms over time. And I think it naturally happens because when you see your home, when you step back and everything's in place, it just feels good. Everything feels uh, light and airy. And you're going to want to come back to that space. And when things start to get out of order, you're going to see very quickly where they need to go back to. Um, but, you know, tidying up for five minutes at the end of the day, putting shoes in the purse away, those little things will just help maintain it. With your car, um, a great practice is emptying out any trash that accumulates at the end of each drive and bringing items in at the end of each night. Uh, for those of us that need to keep items in our car, like things for the kids or things for work, I really love baskets or um, a little laundry basket so that things can just stay situated and kind of nest in one little area. Um, and then... A nice practice with family members is asking them to put their items away and not assuming responsibility for them because you're not the maid. Um, and that doesn't create a strong boundary for your time and your energy. So I guess it really just boils down to creating those little five minute tidy up um, routines and, and just sticking with it. If we find ourselves reverting back to clutter and things are, you know, closets are piling up again, then I would say that's a time to reassess and look at the contents and see, are you really holding on to things that aren't serving you? Um, is it a problem with a storage you know, situation? Do you need to find a different method of putting items away? Um, and, and that might be part of the issue is just storage. And part of me wonders too, you know, if you're seeing these things, you know, um, okay, so you, you've, you've got your closet organized, but you continue to just like throw things on the ground. Um, and then you walk in one day and you're like, oh, it's a wreck in here. It kind of makes you wonder if like you need to look a little deeper and ask yourself if there's something else that's going on. Because a lot of times I feel like that it's symptomatic of a bigger issue and and not saying that I necessarily know what that might be, but I feel like when there are other issues going on, um, you tend to maybe take a little bit less good care of yourself and your belongings. Absolutely. So that's where I think mindfulness comes into play and observing our emotional state when we're creating that clutter. And it's going to be different for everyone. For for some people, it's a lack of self-appreciation, and so we will start to throw our clothes on the floor and pile them up because, you know, we're maybe frustrated or we're just not in a place where we're just lacking care. And I think that's a moment to step back and ask yourself, okay, what am I really feeling? Why am I not taking the time to put these items away? Of course, sometimes it could be because we're rushed, but then you should come back and just, you know, tidy things up before it turns into a snowball. And a lot of times I see with clients that it's a pattern in their lives where they'll let things have this snowball effect, not just with 
things like clothing, but things like, you know, paying bills on time, opening mail, the mail stacks up, or um, avoiding, you know, a conversation at work that you need to have with management or a conversation you need to have with your partner. So it goes back to this idea of delayed decisions and kind of digging into why we do that. And I think you're right. There isn't just one answer to that. It could be, you know, a, a different different answer for everyone. Um, but it's definitely an avoidance, right? There's a resistance when we're letting things get cluttered and building up. And so that's something to explore and, and meditate on. For sure. So tell me about some success stories that you've had, whether you've worked with a client online or a client in person and, you know, how, how, like some success stories, like of physical things that you've seen, but like also kind of get into like how you think that they felt before and after too. Yeah. Um, so I think my first success story was myself. Um, because I, I believe that you really need to apply these things to yourself before trying to teach them to other people. And I had an amazing experience with physically getting rid of clutter and then emotionally just taking more um, pride in putting my things away and enjoying having, you know, everything in order and keeping that routine up and enjoying this feeling of not being behind all the time and everything just maintains a really nice state consistently. Uh, my mom was a really wonderful success story. I, I never thought I would see the day that she would willingly and with excitement let go of things. It was almost becoming a little bit of a hoarding situation. And so I really love when she calls me and she gets really excited about how she's letting go of certain items that she's realized She's just keeping them out of guilt or because they fill a space. And and for her, she's feeling a sense of freedom and letting go of these emotional components like guilt and shame. And um, she's able to, I think, just be more independent in her decision making now because um, she's held on to so many things for years of her parents that have passed away. And so now she's focusing more on things like going out and gardening and she has all of her gardening things in order and she's taking more walks. And so her quality of life has gone up because she's not burdened by all of these things that um, didn't make her happy. And, and when she had too much stuff, she was always in this state of having to shuffle things around. And so when, when you hear that all out, you're able to focus on more important things. Um, a couple of clients that stick out. One uh, was a, a woman who was moving homes, and uh, we worked together in person several sessions. And in our first session, she let go of 30 bags, large trash bags of clothes. And so that's a physical weight that she let go of. Um, but it was also emotional. She had her wedding dress from decades ago, and she had been divorced for years. She had suits from a career that she was no longer in. Um, and so for her, it was more about an identity change. She had been letting go of all of these roles that she had still held on to the items. So when she let go of those things and, and really took ownership of keeping items that identified and were aligned with who she was today, she started living her life more presently. 
and she was doing activities that she enjoyed and she was really happy to let go of those items because she saw the benefit of giving them to people who could actually use and appreciate them. So she has, uh, since we worked together, uh, moved into her new home. She says that it's so peaceful and she can actually go home and just sit and enjoy her home. You know, she can read a magazine, she can have a cup of tea. She's relaxing in ways that she never used to. And she's lost weight. She's cooking for herself. She's going um, out more and socializing. So it's really freed her up to live more fully and authentically. And then I worked with a, a younger gal who was really struggling with body image and depression. And when we started working together, it was very, very emotional to let go of anything. Everything had a story. Everything had an attachment. Um, and so at first, she really wasn't letting go of many things, and that's okay. Uh, but over time, she started to realize that a lot of these things she was keeping, it was really out of an attachment. She was afraid to let go of things. She was afraid to have space. Um, and so it was more about relationships and dependency for her. And that process helped her identify those patterns. And over time, she did start letting some items go. But really for her, it was more about working on her relationship with herself and building confidence. It's so interesting how all of this stuff really and truly plays a role together. And I don't know if you remember, but there was a girl in Commit to Fit about a year ago who, when you promote, you prompted us with a little challenge of like, okay, we're going to get rid of like 20 bags of or 20 items in this week. And she was like, oh, I don't think I can do that. And then she ended up being the one who got rid of the most stuff that didn't spark a joy for her. And she also at one point told me that she didn't think that she could keep working out. And then after a conversation, now she's lost a ton of weight and she like owns a squat rack. (laughs) And and like, and actually she emailed me a month ago and she had done a, a boudoir shoot because she felt so confident. So like, and I'll tell you who it is after our, after the interview, but yeah, like, this girl's. she just said, oh, well, I don't think I can do that. And then she's just like, oh, wait, I can, and, like, completely changed everything. It's amazing. Uh, that gives me chills. I think I know who you're talking about. And and that's it. It's like, you know, it's, it's so strange to think about, but our belongings really do create this, um, you know, relationship, and, and it can really shift how we're living our lives and how we feel about ourselves. And they're just things, but we create these stories around them and they create an energy around us. And when we start to really look at that and be intentional, um, it can make some radical shifts. And just something to note, it's not about getting rid of things. The idea is not to be a minimalist. The idea is not to, you know, throw away a certain amount of stuff or have a certain amount of items. I think that's a, a common misconception and creates resistance to tidying. The, the, at least my belief is, or my philosophy around this is, start by choosing the items you want to keep, right? So that goes back to the first step of visualizing the life you want to have, and then picking out the items that you know for certain bring joy to you and that you enjoy being around, and then use that as kind of your standard and, and comparing other items. So 
rather than trying to look at your house and say, okay, what can I get rid of? Look at your house and, and start by saying, what do I love? You know, do I love this vase? Or, you know, or maybe don't even ask each item. Just start by identifying the things that you know are for, right for you in the moment. Um, a lot of people think KonMari is a minimalist and you should only have 15 books. I think that was written in one of her books or in an interview. She said something like she only had 15 or 20 books. <clears throat> but that's for her. You know, if you love reading and you're going to reread these books and you enjoy seeing them, you know, keep your books. If you love painting your nails and having a new nail color every week, have 50 different nail polishes. But the idea is if you're going to have 50 nail polishes, you know, organize them in a way that they're, you know, on display and honored versus thrown into a bag, you know, in the back of a closet that you have to pull out every time you're going to do your nails, if that makes sense. Like, you know, if you're, whatever you're going to keep, keep it and appreciate it and, and honor it. A lot of intention there. There's just, you know, it's like, okay, listen, I have, I've got seven things here on my desk and I don't have a very big desk, but I look at each one of those things and I say that has a purpose or I love it. And so it doesn't act to somebody. Somebody might walk in and say, wow, your desk looks really cluttered. But to me, I see it and it's, it's a workable space for me. And I go, nope, I love or want or need each and every single one of these things that's here on my desk. So it's like, it's, as long as there's intention behind it, it makes sense. Right. And so, yeah, there's ways, there's ways to organize too where, you know, maybe we get stuck in this um, kind of rut where everything has to be in a certain way. And when you take everything off of a space and you clean a countertop and you rearrange things, you might find a way that they can work a little bit better. Like in my bathroom, not that your desk is an example of that. I mean, it sounds like everything's really intentional and, and it works there. Um, but sometimes like a space, like in a bathroom on, on shelving, we might put a bunch of stuff and it's a lot of visual clutter. This is something that we hadn't really talked about, but you know, visual clutter creates uh, a lot of overwhelm that we might not be aware of. So, you know, like labels on packages in your pantry or all the different products in your bathroom. Um, so a little trick that I find really helpful is with the pantry, putting contents into clear containers or little baskets so light is stored with light. Um, I think I've seen pictures of your desk where you kind of have that um, like with light. Like it's, it's styled, right? It's curated, I guess, is the point. You know, you have curated your desk so that it sparks joy and it has that intention behind it. Mm-hmm. So we really need to wrap up, but is there anything else that you want to add? Um, so I would say that tidying should be done quickly, swiftly, right? This isn't meant to be a really long, drawn-out year process. It's going to take however long it needs to take for you. But I would say if you're going to embark on tidying your home and you want to have this radical shift and change your habits and and uh, change your way of thinking, focus on making tidying a priority and keep it joyful and get it done so that you can start to focus on other things in your life that matter. 
and tidying and organizing doesn't have to be this forefront of your world long term. You know, the idea is this is a, a short term project and then it opens you up to a long term life of, you know, living with tidiness and newfound energy and focusing on other things that really matter that you want to spend your energy on. Wonderful. So, Mariah, where can our listeners find you? Uh, so I am on Instagram, the Tidy Consultant, and Facebook, Mariah Robinson Stroud. And my email is um, hello, Mariah Lee at gmail.com. So I am available by email, Instagram. Um, I would love to connect with anyone interested. If you just want to have a conversation about what this process can look like for you, I am always available to chat. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on, Mariah, and thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you guys got a lot a lot out of this and um, are going to go and tidy your, your homes and your offices after this. So thank you guys for listening. Thanks, Mariah, for being on. Have a great day, guys. Yeah, thanks, Kira. Bye.